Hallelujah. I was glad when they said, let us go into the house of the Lord. The Bible declares that we should let everything that have breath praise ye the Lord. And as we begin our worship service for this morning, let's just simply honor God and worship God. Let's just clap our hands and just worship God. And thank God for giving us breath in our body. Thank God for waking us up this morning. Thank God for giving us use of our limbs. The Bible said that the Apostle Paul put it best that if I had 10,000 tongues, I still couldn't praise him enough. So with my one tongue, I'll praise him. And as we worship God, the Bible said that we worship him in spirit and in truth. And it's, a, it's an amazing day to be in the presence of God, to be in the, the worship of God, to be in the adoration of God, and to be in the understanding of who God is and who he's been in our life. And if you don't, if I don't know anything else, I know that where I used to be, I'm so glad that I'm not anymore. So I want to welcome you all into our morning worship service this morning here at Liberty Christian Church International. Won't you do me a favor and go ahead and share this on your page, share this with somebody, reach out to somebody, tell somebody to join you in and worship with us today. We're socially distant, but we're and we're physically distant, but we're not spiritually distant. How many people know that? that the Bible says that we are one body and where one body comes into agreement and when we get on one accord we worship God in spirit and in truth how many people can declare they want to worship God in spirit and in truth on today I posted this morning I said just uh, no games no gimmicks just Jesus how many people understand that that there's no games there's no fluff there's no there, there's not a bunch extra it's just simply Jesus today and that's who we came to serve the King of King and the Lord of Lord so if you all bow your heads get your family together bow your heads it's worship time he the bible says that he inhabits the praises of his people so let's go before the throne of god this morning with our hearts open our minds open uh let's close our eyes for a minute and just begin to pray father god in the name of jesus we just thank you god for this day god we thank you god for waking us up this morning we thank you god for the use of our limbs we thank you god for breath in our body we thank you god for understanding and peace and joy god we thank you god that even in the midst of a pandemic god that you're still god and you sit high and you look low but not only that but you're a god that walks with us the the songwriter said that you walk with me that you talk with me that you tell me that i am your child so i thank you god right now for just being a friend you said you would be a father to the fatherless a mother to the motherless a friend to the friendless so god i just thank you for being a friend in our lives on today god so god as we come together in worship whatever house that we're in we're making it the sanctuary of the most high so we ask right now that your holy spirit come in and rest rule and abide with all of us right now in the name of jesus where there's confusion we call it to be peace where there's a misunderstanding we call peace to be still in the name of Jesus where there is lack God we, we decree and declare that there shall be plenty right now in the name of Jesus we thank you God for healing healing of our mind our spirit and our body oh God but most most importantly God we thank you for salvation God as we come before you right now we bring all of our sins to your throne right now the throne of grace right now in the name of Jesus the throne of grace where we lay it all at the altar and lay it at your feet we cast all our cares 
cares we cast all our sins we cast everything that we've done God in deed action and thought at your feet right now and we repent with a sincere heart and a sincere mind and we thank you God for forgiveness and redemption of our souls so God right now we ask that you separate us from our sins as far as the east is from the west God we thank you right now for separating us from our sins and not only that but removing our name from the book of judgment and restoring it to the book of life oh God so God we just thank you in advance for what you're doing in our life what you're not doing in the future but what you're doing right now in in our life God you're a God of our past our present and our future at the same time your word declares that you knew our end from our beginning so God right now we declare that that, that your word be manifest right now God that where we go out on the airways where we go at in our homes whatever we're doing today God that you get full glory you get full authority and you get full uh, uh full love and hope right now in the name of Jesus we honor you and we worship you and we magnify your holy name your word declares let everything that have breath praise you oh Lord not even not not just ever not just us but everything that has breath God you uh, the word declares that if we don't cry out that the rocks will cry out God and I refuse to let something that has no that is an inanimate object God uh praise you more than I do God so right now from the very pit of my soul we worship you God from the very pits of our heart we worship you God and we bring it all to you right now in true adoration and love and affection of your word and your kindness so God we just thank you for being Jehovah Jireh our provider we thank you for being Jehovah Nisi our banner of victory even in the midst of COVID-19 you are still our banner of victory you are the blood that we put on the doorpost so no death angel will come near our dwelling you God you said every place the soles of our feet tread upon that land shall you give unto us God so God right now we take authority over the earth we take authority over the realm and we take authority right now in the name of Jesus we are kingdom citizens and with a kingdom mandate we take authority God we thank you God for raising up priests we thank you for raising up your prophets your evangelists your teachers and your pastors God so God right now continue to raise us up with standards in this new time and in this new season God God continue to reveal to us what our new normal is God not that we just worship like before God but like we worship you God like never before oh God so God the way things will change God we still know that you're the God that still remains the same God and you uh, and you said that you inhabit the praises of your people so inhabit this place right now God we praise you with the words of our lips we praise you with the songs of Zion we praise you with the actions that we do we praise you with the things that we say out of our mouth God we praise you with our life oh God let our life be a sweet savor oh God in the name of Jesus your word declares that I beseech thee brothers by the mercies of God that we present ourselves as a living sacrifice acceptable and holy and uh, which is our reasonable service and we are not to be conformed to this world we are not to be conformed to the laws we are not to be conformed to the standards that the world lives by but we are to be transformed by the renewing of our mind the renewing of our mind so that we may do and prove what is that perfect will of God so God right now we thank you for revelation of your perfect will we thank you for revelation of your assignment in our life we thank you for revelation of who you've called us to be we thank you for the revelation of who your son is in the name of Jesus so have your way oh God have your way in this service have your way in this place have your way in each and every last home that's represented on today oh God and God if we give you glory we give you honor and we give you
give you praise. It is in your son Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's give God a hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. Let's worship God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He adores the worship. He loves that. He loves the praise that we send up. He said when praises go up, blessings come down. I, I'm in need of some blessings. I'm in need of some things that God is going to do. I know what the world has said, but I know what my God said. My God said that he is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. If he said it, he shall perform it. So what are some things that God has said in your life? So once again, I want to welcome you to Liberty Christian Church International, where our motto is with the spirit of the Lord is there is liberty. Amen. So welcome to Liberty Christian Church International. Once again, do me a favor and share this with somebody. And we're going to jump ahead and we're going to go into our worship portion right now. We're going to go into the worship portion of our service. We have an awesome and amazing worship this morning. And I told you that I love technology. So we're doing something different this morning. And I just can't wait for you to see this. I can't wait for you to experience it. It's a young man that I've known since he was younger for maybe about 10 years now. I've known him and um, he's he's part of our full gospel Christian fellowship family uh, where, where my, bister, my bishop, Bishop J. Charles Carrington Jr. is our presiding uh, apostle. Amen. But I want to open us up with worship this morning. Amen. Amen.
Welcome to Liberty Christian Church International. Let us join our senior pastor, Pastor Thomas Brockenbury II, as he continues the series, Living a New Life in Christ. This week's sermon is entitled, Let God Change Your Desires, taken from Colossians chapter 3, verses 5 through 7. Amen, amen. If you have your Bibles, your cell phones, whatever you may have, lift them up as we make our Bible declaration this, this morning. Repeat after me. Lord, I thank you that I have a Bible. It is my personal copy of God's purpose, God's plan, and God's design for my life. Therefore, I am a believer and not a doubter. I'm not just a hearer, but I'm also a doer. And my life has been better after hearing the word of the living God. Therefore, my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. I will not be distracted, but I will hear what thus saith the Lord. And as a result of what I hear today, I'm going to leave here better than I came. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Let's give God one last hand clap of praise. Amen. Amen. If you have your Bibles, open up your Bibles to Colossians, the third chapter. We began this series last week entitled Living Your Best Life in Jesus Christ. Living Your Best Life in Jesus Christ. Last week we talked about after coming out of the resurrection, after Jesus comes out the tomb, after he's ascended to heaven, what's next? Somebody say, what's next? And once we understand what's next, then we can operate and move forward as a better Christian, as a better person, living in this earth, living in this earth, living in this mundane world, dealing with the problems that we face, the things that we face, the issues that we deal with, the people that we deal with. We can understand what it means to live a better life. Somebody declare, I want to live a better life. So this morning, we're going to jump into Colossians, the third chapter, looking at the fifth through the seventh verse. Um, we're going to pick up this. We're going to pick up this story where we're looking at the Apostle Paul, where he's talking to the to the people at uh, Colossians, um, where he's dealing with the church and how the church should operate. They've been going through a lot of turmoil. They're dealing with a lot of sin. They're dealing with a lot of things that have happened and a lot of things that have taken place. So we want to pick up what Paul has said. Last week, we dealt with verse number of one through uh one and one through four but this week we're going to deal with verses number five through seven if you have it in your bible uh say amen amen it's on the screen as well it's on our screen as well and it says this very simply therefore consider the members of your earthly body as dead to immorality impurity passion evil desire and greed which amount to idolatry Verse number six says, 
for it, uh, excuse me, for it is because of these things that the wrath of God will come upon the sons of disobedience. And verse number seven says simply this, and in them you also once walked when you were living in them. Once again, I'm going to read that scripture one more time for you. It says simply this, therefore consider the members of your earthly body as dead to immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and greed, which amounts to idolatry. For it is because of these things that the wrath of God will come upon the sons of disobedience. And in them you also once walked when you were living in them. This morning, I want to simply talk to you from the subject, from the topic, from this place of living your best life, but from the subtopic of let God change your desires. Let God change your desires. What are desires? Those things that we enjoy, those things that we like, those things that 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 move us, those things that keep us motivated and happy, the desires that we want to chase after for relationships, the desires that we want to chase after for money, the desires that we want to chase after for status and clout and people and being in people's lives, those desires for the mansion, the, the Lamborghini, the Jaguar, the 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 th different things that we want when we want status to be popular to be known to be well known when we're talking about our body a lot of us sometimes want to be slimmer than what we are so we chase after that things those are our desires somebody say desires so desires are this component and this entity that man has taken on that we seem to allow to direct and lead our life. But as we found out last week, once we gave our life to Christ, we have to have a new mindset. The Bible says that uh, that we are renewed by the by the uh, by the renewing of our mind, that we are changed by the renewing of our mind. Uh, we know Romans 12, 1 and 2 says that. That's one of my favorite scriptures. Um, but it says in, in that scripture, it talks about being a living sacrifice, acceptable and holy, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by by what? The renewing of your mind. So now in order to get to a place of renewing our mind, that also means our desires are renewed. Our desires change. Our desires can't be on the things that the enemy has put there for us to chase after. We know that Satan's one big desire was not to uh, destroy God, but to exalt himself above the name of God, exalt himself above God. He wanted to be higher than God. So God had to deal with that situation. God had to cast him down to the earth. He had to cast him out of, out of heaven where he had been the most beautiful angel that was created. And sometimes we got to realize that sometimes the way we look causes us to sin in front of God because we get to a place that we feel like we're so high and we look so good that we're above what God's reproach is. Amen. We are above what God has told us. But in this scripture today, we find some things that God deals with or the Apostle Paul deals with that I believe are a very much a blueprint for us today. I promise you all this is you Sunday, so I'm not going to be here long. I promise you I will not be here too long but in this scripture we see in the in the fifth verse it goes through a it goes through a list of things and it says therefore consider the members of your earthly body as dead to what immorality impurity passion evil desires and and greed which amount to idolatry. This word idolatry is defined as excessive or blind adoration or reverence 
or uh, devotion to certain things. So what the Bible says right there in, in Colossians that these things that our body are dead to, our body parts, what are our body parts? Our arms, our hands, our legs, our feet, our eyes, these things that do the sinning for us, our brain, our thoughts, our mindset, whatever it may be that contains us and holds us and causes us to sin, these are our body parts. But the Bible said that we were dead to them in immorality. And, uh, and fornication and, and, and all these other things. It says, set your, but it also says, excuse me, it said passion, immorality, impurity, um, evil desires. These things that, that we're talking about are synonymous with sexual issues, sexual sins that we deal with. The, the thought of immorality, the thought of evil desires, the thought of certain things, but it's not just limited to that. It's also, uh, it also can be how you chase after money. For we know the Bible says that the of all that the love of money is the root of all evil how we chase after it what we do to desire it is the root of all evil what we put on not the money because we know that we need money we need money to have earthly things to to care for one another the bible says that a man that does not work does not eat how does he buy food to eat he has to have money so money is not evil. The love of money, what you will do for the almighty dollar, what you will do to get money, what you will do to one of these things can become your evil desires. The Bible also says in this scripture, not only that, but it says immorality, lying, cheating, stealing, immorality. Chasing after spouses, chasing after uh, adultery, uh, chasing after what belongs to somebody else or what is committed to somebody else. These things, immorality, uh, stealing, uh, uh, we're not even going to get into stealing time at work. We're not going to get into the things that happen on a natural basis that we talk about. But immorality, what is morality in your life? The things that you value, the things that you hold as law that you will not do things against. Morality. But immorality is what you will do regardless of the situation. What you will do that is not the will of God, not the purpose of God, and not the plan of God that you will do in order to get whatever it is that you want. We've all been there where, where you've done things to get ahead in life. <laughs> you've done things to, to make sure you get good grades on tests. You've done things to make sure that, that that situations happen in your life. You've done things to sort of move things along. Amen? I, I don't want you to tell on yourself. I don't want anybody to tell on themselves about the things that they've done that might not have been uh, uh, uh that may have been uh, shaky on the fence. I'm, I'm going to let you and God deal with that. Amen. I'm going to let you and God deal with, uh, uh, for my kids, um, um, the things that you've done when you looked across on that other paper at somebody's answer when they took the test. Uh, that, 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 them thoughts that, that, that I can cheat on this exam. I can cheat on this test. I'm, uh, 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 the people that were at work, when, when you're dealing with people that work on a daily basis and have co co-workers that they work on assignments with, when you make sure that your little piece got in before theirs so you can get a little more accolade because you knew they was having trouble with theirs, so you decided to do theirs and yours, and it got ahead. Immorality. We're we going to deal with some things today, and I'm just trying to lighten it up a little bit so that we can continue on with this thing, because there are eight points that I have to get to you today that are going to help us understand understand about this whole place that we're at. And our first point today is this. Even though you have a new life in Christ, you will still be tempted to do the wrong thing. You will still be tempted to do 
the wrong thing. Somebody declare, I'm tempted to do the wrong thing, but I won't. Amen. Amen. You will be tempted to do the wrong thing. We see in this text and in this scripture where the Apostle Paul identifies what it is that we can be tempted by. He identifies what are what what are some of our biggest temptations that we deal with. And once again, I said immorality. Once again, I said that we talk about evil desires, impurity and passion. Passion. These, these these things are synonymous, like I said earlier, are dealing with a lot of things that, that, that we find one of our hardest sins to deal with is sexual immorality. Uh, the desires and passions, the things that we do from a sexual standpoint, from an understanding. And I, and I want to deal with my teens and I want to deal with my young adults and I want to deal with even my adults who struggle with this on today. That struggle with these desires that don't know what to do with them because we've come to the cross like I said we gave our life to Christ we got into this place of saying God I'm here use me take me I give all my life to you but how do I deal with my issues how do I live a life a new life in Jesus Christ if I'm still dealing with these internal issues dealing with these internal desires I'm, I'm, I'm trying God but they seem to knock me down every time they, they seem to they, they seem to do certain things to me and I'm hurt and I'm guilty. But I but 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 to be truthful, God, I enjoy it <laughs> to be truthful. God, I'm 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 in this place where I love you. But what do I do? Because I'm I'm I'm, I'm trying to be a new creation. I'm trying to be a new creature. I'm trying to understand. And, and, and even though, like I said, even though what our first point is, even though you have a new life in Christ, you will still be tempted to do the wrong thing. The Bible says that there is no temptation known to man that God has not given us a way of escape. But God, I can't. I'm, 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 I don't know what my way of escape is. I don't know what it is that I'm supposed to do. How do I change my mindset? How do I change my life, the way that I think, the way that I've been processing, by the renewing of my mind? That sounds good, Pastor. That sounds good, God. But how do I renew my mind when everybody else around me is doing the same thing that I'm trying not to do anymore? How is it that I change my mindset when all I'm seeing is drama in my life? How do I stop cussing when, when as soon as I walk in the house, I'm dealing with people that just that push every single button in my life, every single button in my head. They push it when I walk through the door. How do I stop drinking when I'm going home to a spouse that's abusing me? How do I stop doing these things when I'm going home to somebody who doesn't really want me, but there's living there because just because they're tormenting my life? How do I stop these things and get to live a new life? How do I stop living this life as a child where, where, where I don't even want to go home because I'm being abused at home. How do I deal with all of these things? So now I got to go around and do all these sinful things. But pastor, you're telling me to live a new life. How do I do this, God? How, how do I get out of my situation? And God said simply this. The first step is understanding that I've never left you nor forsaken you. That even while you're in the midst of that, I'm still God. 
And if you can get past the part of the physical experience and get into my presence and call on my name, the Bible says that at the name of Jesus, demons tremble. At the name of Jesus, demons flee. At the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess. At the name of Jesus. So now, where am I at in this place? Because I need to learn how to call on the name of Jesus because I've been so caught up in sin that I've been doing this thing the same way all my life. Somebody say new life. New life. New life. And, and understanding that even though in, in your, in your, when you're tempted to do wrong, how many people have been tempted to do the wrong thing? ever in your life, tempted to tell a lie, tempted to to, to take the cookie out the cookie jar when you're not supposed to have it, tempted to do certain things in your life that you know are wrong. Everybody's been tempted, but we serve a God. We gave our life to a risen Savior that said that I've been tempted on all sides. I've been tempted with everything from hell to status to promotion to giving my life. I've been tempted on all these things so that you can have a way of escape. Because now what? When you can't do it, when you can't, when when you find that you're 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 just stuck and you keep falling down in this same revolving cycle, that it's time to to give it over to me. Let me be your stand your standard. Let me be your shield. Let me be your God. Let me be your hope. Let me be your joy. Let me be your peace so that you can come out of it. So now, as a Christian and as a believer, don't just think that because you gave your life to Christ that you won't be tempted because you'll be tempted even more now that you've given your life to Christ than when you were in the world because when you were in the world, it was not a temptation. Before you gave your life to Christ, it was not a temptation. You were just getting the wages of your sins. The enemy was just feeding you what you enjoyed eating. But now you have to change your diet so that you will not you will not indulge or want to indulge or delight in the indulgence. So now if we're looking at this and we're dealing with this and we're understanding this, then we have to get into the sections and the understanding of what each one of these things uh, represent. So we looked at this. Even though you have a new life in Christ, you will still be tempted to do wrong. What, what, what else other than that? Because you have a new life in Christ, you are to demonstrate his power daily. Yeah, that sounds good. You are to demonstrate his power daily. But, but pastor, you, you don't understand. That, that's one of the biggest things that, that we like to say. You don't understand what I go through. God, I love you, but you don't realize what I'm experiencing on a daily basis. But how many people know that the power of God is above anything that I go through? The power of God, the anointing of God, the presence of God can consume and control every environment that I walk in, can consume and control every entity that I've been a part of, that can consume and control and change me from the inside out. Because too many times we try to change the outside without changing the inside. We, we try to change our, our patterns and our practices by changing the outside when we still have the same mindset. But if we renew our mind, that means we're changing the way we think, the changing the way that we process stuff, changing the way that we hear stuff. Then we can understand how to change the outside because we're a, we're a spiritual being living in a fleshly body. 
Our, our spirit is supposed to control our flesh. The scripture that I love, the, one of the scriptures that I love the most, it said, uh, walk, by, uh, walk in the spirit so that you will not walk in the flesh because the flesh is against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh so that you will not do that which you desire. But so now we have to get to a place of understanding that I cannot allow my flesh to control my actions. I cannot allow my flesh to direct and lead my path. But I've been, but, but most of our situations and most of the times we say, but my flesh has always been what's controlled me. No, your spirit was what controlled you because you were born into sin and shaped into iniquity. So your spirit was not connected to God. So your spirit controlled your flesh, but your flesh was doing that which it desired. But now once you disconnected the evil spirit from your flesh and now replaced it with the spirit of God, now the operating system has to be reconfigured. It has to be re-simulated. It has to be rebooted. But how do I reboot it if I'm facing the same thing? But you have to get into a digestion, and I keep telling you this every week, a diet of the word of God. Somebody say the word of God. If you want to learn, if you need to learn math, if math is not your strong suit, you can't study reading and expect your math grade to go back to get better. You can't study social studies and expect your math grade to get better. The only way for your math grade to get better is for you to study what? Math. It's to be able to dive into math. It's the same thing when trying to separate yourself from sin. You can't continue to study sin wanting sin to separate. I just said that to somebody. You can't continue to operate in sin on a daily basis and expect sin to stop in your life. You have to get into a digestion of the word of God. Not, not under, not, you already know what sin is. We were born into sin. It seems like we already have an innate ability to lie when we come out the womb. It seems like we already have an innate ability. The first time your parents say, uh, who took that out? The, who took that? Who drank that juice out the refrigerator? I don't know. I'm trying to see where I don't know live at. I don't know has been living in every single house in every single nation since the foundation of world of the world. Who broke that glass? I don't know. Can somebody show me? I don't know. Where, where does I don't know live at? Who dropped the juice on the floor? I don't know. But in order for us to get and separate from that mentality, we have to begin to read and understand what this is. First of all, once we accept Jesus Christ into our life, we begin to put inside of us that thing, that entity, that Holy Spirit, that, 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 that promise of God that changes us and changes the way that we operate in order for the glory of God. So now what is the glory of God? Well, I don't know what the glory of God is because I won't pick this up. That's too hard to read. I don't understand what that is. I, I, I enjoy the praise and worship. I enjoy the jumping around. I enjoy the emotional connection. But when I really need to get down and understand how to combat sin, I will not go into this thing. Why? Because Ephesians 6 and 10 says what? Ephesians 6 and 10 says, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities. 
the our body and our old man is used to fighting things on a physical basis. So that means I can pick these up and know how to use these. I can, I've been trained to learn to how to use these. But the reality is these are not going to fight my, my, my desire for sex. These are not going to fight my desire, my, 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 my immorality. These are not going to fight my evil passions. These are not going to fight the things that, that, that are coming at me from the enemy and from the ruler of this world. These are not going to fight that. These are going to fight the physical manifestations of a spiritual battle. But what do I do when I get into a battle where these don't work? When, I, when, when I'm supposed to call on the name of the Lord, but I can't call on the name of the Lord where the Bible says the name of the Lord is a strong tower, the righteous run into it and be safe. How am I supposed to know that if, I can, if I've never read it, if I've never seen it, if I didn't lay my eyes on it? How can I fight the spiritual battle against the evil forces and wickedly high places against the powers and the principalities and all of these things if I do not get into the word of God? If, 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 I'm, if my kids have never sat down and repeatedly wrote what's one plus one equals two, when I come to the question and I say one plus one equals what, they, and they don't know it, it's because they have not been taught it. But they've been taught everything else. They've been taught how to do, how, how to play PlayStation. They've been taught how to play Xbox. They've been taught how to play Switch and Roblox and all these other crazy and wonderful things that they get enjoyment out of, but the basic premises of getting back to it is at the core root of if we're not teaching them one plus one, they'll never know. So now, as our kids are getting older, where are we developing them spiritually? They can watch SpongeBob all day. <laughs> they can watch everything else all day. And when you get them to church, what do you hand them? You hand them a cell phone to occupy their time. You hand them their tablet to occupy their time. So you can get the word of God. But they're in trouble because the enemy is attacking them younger and younger. And because they're attacking, the enemy is attacking them younger and younger, now they have no foundation to go back. They, 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 you, you pray for them, but they don't know how to pray for themselves. They don't know how to call on the name of the Lord. They don't know how to declare the word of the Lord, that I'm the head and not the tail. Every child that's listening to me right now declare that I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. I'll be the lender and the, not the borrower. I'm fearfully and, fun, and wonderfully made. These are the things that, that the Bible teaches us that if we are not building up our kids in the fear and the adoration of God, if we're not letting them know that the Bible says, suffer all the little children to come unto me, for such is the kingdom of God. If we don't allow, teach them and allow them to know that, then when it's time for them to transition into the life of giving their life to Christ, then they won't have a thing to stand on. Somebody, I got to stand, say I got to stand on something. Because you have a new life in Christ, you are to demonstrate his power daily. You 
not, not your pastor. You, not your mother. You, not your father. The Bible says you. No, so no matter how old you are, you have the ability to demonstrate the power of God. You have the anointing on the inside of you. You have the same power source that the pastor has. But you got to learn how to speak that thing into existence. Speak those things that are not as though they were. You have that ability. So if you're lacking in an area, if your children are not, uh, are not living up to, are not setting the proper standard, there is an ability for them to speak out of their mouth. God, I may not be great right now, but God, I declare by your anointing, by your power, and what you said I am, that I'm moving into another place. I'm moving into a new dimension. I'm moving to be greater as he that's in me than he that's in the world. Our kids can say these scriptures. This is not just exclusive to the adults. And even with the adults, because if you begin to speak things out of your mouth so a lot of your situations will change as well they won't live and remain in the same place they've been if you activated and operated daily in the power of God you will see different happen in your life when you walk out the door stop thinking your the day that you're walking out into has to be the worst day if you begin to open up your mouth all things work together for the good of them that love the Lord that are called according to my purpose God so when I walk out this door God this is going to be the best day that I've had when I wake up this, when I wake up in the morning, I'm going to speak words of affirmation. I'm not going to speak. Uh, I'm not going to sit there and put in a car the last rap thing that I heard the night before because that's feeding into my spirit. What are you allowing to feed your spirit so that you that that activates their power daily? It's crazy that we say that to operate, you are to demonstrate the power daily, God's power daily. But if you're not listening to God's God's word daily, you're activating the power that you've been listening to. Mm. The Bible says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So let's remove that word, the word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing whatever I'm allowing into my spirit. Mm. So if all I'm listening to is rap, faith comes into rap by hearing the words of rap. Mm. Faith comes by Arguing because all I've been hearing is arguing. Faith comes by fighting because all I know is fighting. I'm coming down somebody's street with this. Faith comes by whatever I'm allowing into my spirit every day. If I'm only spending 10 minutes in the word of God, but spending the other 200 and whatever 230 minutes of the day or whatever how many other minutes it is in a day that's all that's what's feeding my spirit so why is it like I said a couple of weeks ago when I get into my word of God the first thing that happens is I doze off and fall asleep because it's not feeding what my spirit has been used to eating so it's it's separating itself it's shutting down but when I get into a daily digestion of the word of God that evil thing that I used to listen to will be the thing that's adverse to my spirit. So if I begin to listen to the word of God, if I begin to read the word of God, if I begin to ingest the word of God, that thing that is against the word of God becomes adverse to my spirit. And I'll identify, I'll recognize, and I'll see what it is that I'm arguing and fighting against. 
So now, because I, I see what I'm fighting against, now I can fight it spiritually. For what? For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities. Those powers, the, the same thing that we're talking about. What am I fighting against? So now we, 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 we see, even though you have a new life in Christ, you will still be tempted to do the wrong thing. The next thing is, because you have a new life in Christ, you are to demonstrate his power daily. Thirdly, it says this, and I'm going to move on, and, and ask God to give you, give you new eyes for viewing healthy things. New eyes. For those who have ever had their eyes examined and may need glasses or may need prescription, there's, there's a time where you look out and things look blurry in your life. They look blurry, your, your whole purview. Or even when you wake up in the morning, for those who don't wear glasses, it takes your eyes a minute to focus on what the scenery is, what the environment looks like. If you've ever been in a dark place, the first thing that has to do is your eyes have to refocus. Your eyes have to be reconditioned to accept the light. If we're to ask God to give us new eyes so we can see for viewing healthy things, what we're saying is, God, I've been looking in the dark for too long. God, I've been tapped into a dark surrounding, a dark environment, a dark place, and I haven't been able to be the light. But now that I'm the light, because the Bible declares what? That we are to be the salt and the light in the earth. So now when my light goes into a dark place or resonates in a dark place, the, the darkness has to recondition itself because I'm bringing something different into the environment. Not me having to recondition because when I walk into the atmosphere, things should have to shift. Things should have to change because I walk into the atmosphere. When I walk into the atmosphere, my eyes don't condition and change to the darkness. The darkness has to succumb to the light. Somebody say, I'm the light. The, the, the darkness has to succumb to what comes into its presence. When I walk in with the anointing and the power of God, when I walk in with a new opportunity and a new mindset, when I walk into a realm where everything is dark in there, they have to succumb to what's inside of me because greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. So now when I walk into this element and when I walk into this place, God, give me the new eyes that I need to see because I'm here to change the environment, not become part of the environment. I'm here to change the dynamic, not become the old dynamic. I'm here to do a new thing because what the old thing was, it did not work. Mm -mm -mm. So now greater is he that's in me than he that's in the darkness. Greater is he that's in me than he that causes sin. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the earth. Greater is he that's in me than he that operates according to the will of Satan. Greater is he that's in me because I'm operating with a kingdom mindset. I'm operating with a kingdom mandate. And what I'm operating under is greater than any power that the world could ever throw at me. Somebody declare, I'm operating in power. See, so now I'm viewing healthy things. What is healthy things? The things opposite of the sinful nature that I was born and shaped in. When, when we talk about healthy things, I'm, I'm going to come down somebody's street with food. Uh, everybody loves some, well, I know for me, I love some cheesecake. I, I love some ribs. 
But Pastor Thomas knows that he has acid reflux. I know I'm not supposed to eat a lot of tomato paste and, and ribs and things like that. So when I do indulge in it, I pay the penalty and the price. But it looks so good. It looks so yummy, that chocolate cake. When it looks so yummy, when, when, when I see all the sweets and everything, but when, my, when I recondition my eyes and I begin a healthy diet of living right and eating right, the first thing that is, it, 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 it may look good, but I understand it's bad for my soul. It's bad for my indigestion. It's bad for my, uh, for my digestive system are the things that look sweet. But when I look over there and I begin to see the healthy things and the healthy choices that I can make. Oh, I'm coming down. Somebody think I'm talking about food, but I'm talking about your life real quick. When you see all those things that are sinful, but they look pleasurable. When you see all those things that are sinful, but they're adverse against the word of God, the will of God, and the purpose of God for your life. When you see all these things that, that, that look tempting to the taste, that look flashy to your life, that look, uh, look acceptable from a worldly standpoint but then you realize and you've read the word of God and you know it's against the word of God we know the sins that are against the word of God thou shalt not lie thou shalt not steal thou shalt not commit adultery thou shalt not uh, covet thy neighbor's wife when we see those sins there are plenty more and I'm not just sitting there on that when we see those sins that are against the word of God and we begin if we're in a daily digestion of the things of God then we can look at the word of God and say that's healthy and I know the penalty of it because the Bible says the wages of the uh, the wages of sin is death. So now every time that I indulge in this desire, that these evil desires that I've had, that is in this idolatry, in this immorality, in these evil passions that I've had, I'm operating towards death. But I want eternal life. But I want a life with God. But I want a life that's pleasing to God. I want to get to the kingdom of God to hear Him say, "Well done, thy good and faithful servant." So now if I'm going to accept that as my standard of operation, then I got to realize that the evil things that I was eating are converse or adverse to those things that I that, that I'm hearing that God is saying. And I got to tune my ears, my eyesight, my digestion, my whole makeup to the things of God. Somebody say the things of God. Number four, number four, and I'm just about done. Ask God to give you a proper view of moral Morals and sexuality. Morals. Those things that, that we listen to. Those, those rules that we govern ourselves by. Morals. Sexuality. Shacking up in the same house. He almost my husband, so why isn't it okay? She almost my wife, so why can't I indulge? This, this is some of the things that the world has told us are acceptable. Oh, you got to try it before you marry it. I'm, I'm coming down somebody's street. You got to try it before you marry it. And we've all been there. Uh, but we got to realize what this leads us down. That's why so many things are rampant in the earth because we've tried it before we married it. I'm not even just talking about sexuality. We've married a lot of things. 
We've gotten to a place where we've tried a lot of things. Oh, I'm not at the cross yet. I'm not ready to give my life to Christ. So I'm going to try this right now. Alternative lifestyles. I'm going to try this. Because I'm not ready. I, I got time to give myself to Christ. So I'm going to try this. I'm going to try homosexuality. I'm going to try lesbianism. I'm going to try uh, shacking up. I'm going to try being a hustler. I'm going to try being a prostitute. I'm going to try being a stripper. I'm going to try all these things that the world seem acceptable. And we find ourselves trying it and trying it. And trying it leads us to marrying it. We marry these desires. And then it's so hard to break the spiritual soul tie that's connected us with these desires. It's just a little white lie. Then it becomes, it's a lie to, to steal money from the bank. It's just a little kiss. We, we just trying this. But that little kiss leads to promiscuity in the wrong way. Promiscuity in any aspect. It, it leads, oh, we were in college, so we tried this lifestyle. But now you're 40 years old and you're still living in that same lifestyle. I just tried this drug to get high because it gave me a boost while I was in school to, to help me pass my exams. Now you're an addict. You're a functioning addict or you're strung out on it and your life has spiraled the wrong way. You've tried the sin and now you're married to it. The spiritual soul ties that have connected, not just in sex, but in different areas of your life. The sin that you deal with, who am I dealing with right now? The sin that you've been dealing with has come because you tried it and you thought that you could get rid of it, but it, 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 it attached itself and when it came in, it brought seven more demons with it and when it brought those seven back into your house, you can't get rid of them because you won't give it over to God. So now you're continuously spiraling down. And, and, and your, your view of morality is shifted. I can do this and it's okay as long as I do this. Your morality has shifted. Even in the church, you've been holding people under bondage. You've been, you've been holding people under witchcraft. You've been holding people down like this. And you're using the word of God as a form of bondage. And the Bible is saying, and God has been continuously saying, those are my people, not your people. The Bible. The morality from the cross, the morality from understanding who, who am I dealing with? Number five. I got two more of these. Ask God to give you pure thoughts. Ask God to give you pure thoughts. The mind plays a lot of tricks on us. The mind confuses us and if it's true that we only use 10 percent of our brain uh, of our brain the mind makes it seem like 
Whatever we're indulging in is the best thing in this world. Whatever it is. Whether I don't want to, if I want to be lazy, I get the best feelings when I'm lazy. I can play games all day, but I can't exercise if it feels good. I get paid a great amount of money and I don't do my assignments at work. It feels good. I can cut the corners and hide under, hide behind everybody else, but I'm still employed, so it feels good. But we miss the mark where it says that we do our work as unto the Lord. What if God cut corners with your life? What if God cut corners and, and chilled out when you need him the most? When you going through hell and high water, what if God, God's view was distorted because he wanted to enjoy himself and didn't care about looking out for you? Ask God to give you pure thoughts. What are your thoughts based upon? How you can get over on somebody? How you can get over on work for my young people, schoolwork? How can I hurry up and get back to what I enjoy? When you learn to enjoy the things of God, he said, I will open up heaven's window and pour you out a blessing. When you enjoy the things of God, when you rely on the word of God, the, the plan of God and the design of God for your life, you see, you begin to see things position and move into the right place for you. I remember when, when I did regular go-go and I hopped on stage and I jumped around and I partied and had all types of people following me, looking at me, calling me. I was the celebrity. Walk into the club every, every Friday and Saturday night, walk into the club. Hey, Taz, hey, what's going on? You gonna rap for us? What y'all hitting tonight? What you doing tonight? It felt real good physically. But then when I realized the stuff that I was rapping, I wasn't even living that life. I was doing it for the acceptance of the world. When I used to be in and out of jail as a, as a young adult, the things that I was doing was pleasing and satisfying for my flesh at that moment. But when I realized that I was sending my life to damnation and to hell, I had to realize what what it was that was on the inside of me was adverse to what God's plan was for my life. I began to realize that I was operating under generational spirits, generational curses that had left, that had moved down generation after generation. And I was using my past as my crutch for my future. I knew who God was. I was raised in the church. But when I realized that God's word was not living on the inside of me. It was only bringing me through temporary situations because that would be the only time I would call on the name of Jesus when I was in trouble. And God saved me, but then God told me, if you do not submit yourself to me, this place that you've been in will be the place that you die. Where are you at right now? 
What are your thoughts right now? Number six, ask God to give you Christ-like desires. What are Christ-like desires? To help one another. To give. To love. To speak hope into somebody's life. To speak life into somebody. To remove yourself. What are Christ-like desires? No greater love than a man give for me to lay down my life for my friends. Today I call you my friend. What are Christ-like desires? Not to, not to be in disagreement and argument. We can have disagreements, but to hold that, to hold that anger and that bitterness and that rage and that anger against one another are not Christ-like desires. We got to learn how to love in spite of. Christ-like desires. They hurt me. I understand, but Jesus was hurt. But he still died for you. Jesus is hurt every day when you sin. After you said, I commit my life to you, Christ. But he still died for you. He still stands before the Father saying, Father, I died for them. Don't kill them yet. Don't take their life from them. Don't condemn them to hell. I died for them. And at some point, they told me that they trust me dying for me, for them. What is my, I have to take God's, take on Christ-like desires. Number seven, ask God to give you a heart of love for him and others. It's a sad thing to see people in the body of Christ with the nastiest hearts, with the nastiest dispositions. With not having an understanding that we all were born into sin and shaped into iniquity. Not having an understanding that we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. I know you heard me say sinned, not sin. We all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But we got people that are in the body that are turning new people coming to the body away because they can't understand. or They, they refuse to have a loving and compassionate heart towards people. So we have to have, we have to ask God to give us a heart of love for him and others. And last but not least, realize this, you are no longer dead in your sins, but alive and thriving through Christ. That's why I made the last statement that we were born into sin or that we have sinned and fallen short of the glory. Past tense, we all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We no longer are living or bound to our sin. Once you gave your life to Christ, the Bible said whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Somebody declare, I'm free. If, if, if you are free, you are no longer bound by that sin. You are no longer held hostage to that sin. The only reason you remain in that sin is because you choose to remain in the sin because you won't apply the things or learn the things of God to set you free from the sin but the bible says that jesus has already set you free whom the son sets free is truly free indeed where we're here at liberty where the spirit of the lord is there is liberty so if there is liberty in your life there cannot be bondage to sin where there's liberty in your life you cannot be bound by those sins and the only thing that's holding you there is you your fleshly man your your disconnect because you will not understand what the bible says about you what does the bible say about you what has he called you to? 
He called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. But every time you walk out of darkness, you turn around and you see your friends back there and you indulge. You say, I need to go back and get them. But you're not spiritually prepared to go back and get anybody because you haven't been changed. But the Bible says by the renewing of your mind, how do I renew my mind? By reading his word, by praying, by getting to a worship life, a consistent worship life. The Bible says that we pray without ceasing. No, that does not mean that I'm on my knees and on my face all day long, but my spirit is in a constant state of praying. My spirit is in a constant state of communication with God the Father. When I'm going through stuff, I can read, I know the word enough that I can speak to God and say, God, this is what you promised me, that you would never leave me nor forsake me. God, this is what you promised me and that, that no no hair, uh, hair on, the, on my head shall be hung. This is what you promised me, God. You promised me these things. And by faith, I believe it. But I got to put action to my faith. I got to put action behind those things. Speak those things that are not as though they were. What do you need to speak in your life? What do you need to speak in your life? As we close out of this service, where we're at right now as living this new life, we first understood that even though we're saved, we're still going to be tempted. But God said what? I've given you a way out of every temptation. God, my temptation is too strong. No, but if my word is true, I said I've given you a way out of what? Every temptation. Because you have new life in Christ, you ought to demonstrate his power. God, I'm weak and I'm meek and I'm lonely. The Bible says, in your weakness, my strength is made perfect. There's word for everything that you face. Ask God to give you new eyes for viewing healthy things. God, but, but, but all I see is this world as it is. God, behold, I made all things new. God, all I see is pain, suffering, and hurt. What I just say? Behold, I made all things new. Ask God to give you proper views of morals and sexuality. God, I've been dealing with this this urge and this desire since I was a child I've been feeling these things I believe I was born this way I believe that I was created like this God behold I make all things new so no matter how you were created you feel like you were created behold I make all things new that old man was died with me and when I came out the grave, I came out brand new. So no matter what you think you were, you can become something brand new. Somebody declare, I'm brand new. Ask God to give you pure thoughts. God, my mind is all over the place. God, you don't know what I think about late at night when I'm, when, when, when I'm just laying in the bed. What, what is it that you are ingesting when you have those impure thoughts? Are you thinking about the word of God? God is not satisfying to me. My desire at that moment is what's satisfying to me. 
But when will you make me your desire? The Bible says that the deer chases and pants after the water. So does my soul yearn for thee. I have to make you my desire. My soul has to yearn for you. And the only way I can do that is to realize that you're my help. Ask God to give you Christ-like desires. God, I want my mindset to think like you. Why would the scripture say? For your ways are not my ways. Your thoughts are not my thoughts. God, line me up with your thoughts. Ask God to give you a heart of love for him and others. God, but they, they, they've hurt me. They've broken me. They destroyed my trust. The Bible says, cast your cares on me. Take my yoke upon you, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Teach me how to love. Teach me how to trust again. Mend my heart, God. You are no longer dead in your sins, but alive and thriving in Christ. Whom the sun sets free is truly free indeed. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. I'm no longer dead. I died with you at the cross. I was buried with you in the tomb. And when you got up, I got up. When you got up, with all power in your hand. I got up as an heir and a joint heir with Christ Jesus. When you got up with all power in your hand, I became adopted in the beloved. When you got up, I submitted myself to the cross, to the, uh, to the things that you, your will and your desire and your power. There is no death in me. If you need to realize this place that we're at, I want to pray this prayer. Father God, in the name of Jesus. God, we thank you. And God, we know that we've all been sinners. We know that we've all been wretches. We know that we've all fallen short of your glory. And God, because we fall short of your glory on a daily basis at this moment, at this time, and at this, mo at this hour, we bring ourselves back to you. We bring our hearts back to you. We bring our minds back to you. We bring our spirits back to you. God, reconnect us with you, God. God, your Holy Spirit is what we've been missing. Your, your direction, your leading, and your guiding in us is what's been missing, God. So from the youngest to the oldest, God, we ask right now that you recondition our hearts and our minds and our spirit and reinsert yourself in our every form, in our every being, God. We've lied. We've caused confusion. We've been destructive. We've done things that were against your will, even while we were children of God. So God, right now, we need a new life in you. God, we need you to separate us right now so we can experience your abundance, experience your joy, experience your favor. For we are tired, God, of falling short of your glory. Raise up more morals in us. Raise up standards in us. Raise up your will in us, oh God. 
Give us a stronger desire to chase after your word as the deer pants after the water. Our soul longs for thee. God, chase after us. God, give us the ability to seek after you, God. For we take your yoke upon us. For your yoke is easy and your burden is light. Wherever we've been hiding in darkness, open our eyes and give us new eyesight in the name of Jesus. Give us your eyesight so we can see the wiles of the enemy. We can see the attacks coming so that we can see the plan of the enemy and fight against it with your word. Put on us the full armor of God. The helmet of salvation. The breastplate of righteousness. Shod our feet with the gospel of peace. Give us the sword, which is the word of God. So that we can stand in the evil day. God, right now we're going through all manners of evil. We're going through all manners of situations. But your word said to stand. And right now we stand. We stand with new life. We stand with new opportunities. We stand with new desires. We stand with a mindset to be who you've called us to be, oh God. Now God, saturate us and seal us with your spirit. We come against every tactic of the enemy right now. Satan, you have no power, you have no authority, you have no right to any person under the sound of my voice. Not because it's me, because greater is he that is in us than he that's in the world. Strong man, spirit of the strong man, you gotta go. Affliction, abuse, neglect, self-esteem, you gotta go. Depression. Poverty spirits, you gotta go. Lack spirit, you gotta go. Lying spirits, you gotta go. Abusive spirits, you gotta go. Manipulative spirits, you gotta go. Anger, you gotta go. Incubus, succubus spirits, you gotta go. Marine spirits, you gotta go. Destiny destroying spirits, you have to go. Generational abuse, generational neglect, generational spirits, generational curses, you gotta go through the authority and the power of God. If God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent, if God said it, he shall perform it. Low self-esteem, you have to go. Gluttony, you gotta go. Infirmity, you gotta go. Disobedience, you gotta go. Lustfulness, you gotta go. Immorality, you gotta go. And all that is gone 
it's all that is gone you cannot return God take your Holy Spirit and fill every one of those places every one of those voids every place in our house that the enemy thinks he can come back to fill it with your Holy Spirit right now fear you gotta go fear you have to go spirit of fear you gotta go and when you try to return, the blood will be on the doorpost of our lives. We thank you, God. We worship you, God. We magnify your name. We offer up this word as a sacrifice unto you, O oh God. In Jesus' name. that I had to stop everything that you were doing so that I could get into your presence. I had to get into your presence. I needed to get into your presence. There is nothing that's too hard for me. You're on the potter's wheel at this time. You've been broken and God said, I'm lifting you back up and I'm remolding you and I'm reshaping you and I'm redeveloping you. For your purpose. For your destiny. For your assignment. He loves you. And for all those that are listening. That are tuned in. This too shall pass. as we depart from here God go with us be our guide be our shield be our friend be our peace be our comforter go behind us as our protector go before us as our shield go to the left of us as our guide go to the right of us as our friend surround us with your blood send angels to begin to war on our behalf now unto him that is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that you could ask or think according to the power that works in you. The majesty, the dominion, and the power of the most high God, both now and forever. In Jesus' name, amen.
Amen. As you go, go in peace. Live on purpose. Live for purpose. But most importantly, live on purpose. Live in God's purpose. Amen. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is peace.